think I better take a text so I can preach. Jude. Where's that at, Pastor? Well, if you go all the way to the back of the book, the last book is Revelation. This is the book right before the last book, the book of Jude. Jude has just one chapter and 25 verses. But it is a power-packed passage. It's kind of like concentrated. You could take it, mix it up with a little bit, and then you'd still have something that tastes good. I'm going to tell you that this book is a good book. A brother of Jesus put pen to paper, and the Bible says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy. Anybody need a little mercy today? Mercy unto you and peace. Anybody take a little peace and love. Be multiplied. Don't just get a little. Get a lot. Beloved. Thanks for talking to me so sweet. Beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation or this mutual salvation that we have, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort, and exhort that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I'm thankful for the faith that's been delivered to me. Brother Marty, you're talking about your dad. And I think of, of my parents and my pastors and those that, that those Sunday school teachers that put up with me being a bratty kid. And they, 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 still gave, they still gave me the insights that I have. The faith that I have is because somebody gave me that. I'm thankful for the faith that was delivered to the saints. Now, let's skip forward to verse 17. But beloved, he's so kind. I love how Jude is so kind. But beloved... Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ? How that they told you, they told you there were going to be mockers in the last time who should walk away after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves or backslide sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, look at your neighbor say, now he's talking to you. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life and of some have compassion somebody say compassion and of some have compassion making a difference making a difference Others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Here's what I want to preach for the next few moments, this morning into the afternoon. Becoming someone who is mad all the time. Becoming someone who is mad all the time. Ask your neighbor, are you going to become someone who's mad all the time? Now, before you answer that question, listen to the message. Save the answer for later. I'm not speaking of angry. I'm talking about being someone who becomes mad, making a difference all the time. I want to be someone who makes a difference 
all the time. If that's what you want, would you look to the heavens and ask God to help you? God, I pray every person that's in this place would be someone who would make a difference all the time. God, we want to be difference makers. We want you to help us to help them. We want you to help us to help others. God, we want to be like you. If you got some praise, give it to God right now. He's worthy. Come on, does anybody want to give him a little praise? I don't need a keyboard. I don't need drums. I got praise that I want to give to God. Come on, somebody. Give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Worship him with me for a moment. Selah. Let's take a praise break right now. Oh, unto thee, O oh Lord, do I lift up my soul. Oh, my God, I trust in thee. I worship you, Lord. Do you want to be a worshiper? I want to be a worshiper. I want to be somebody who worships God all of the time. Somebody help me worship. Somebody help me pray. Let's let God do something spectacular in the sanctuary on this Sunday. I want to give you praise. You may be seated praising the Lord. I ask you to ask your neighbor, are you someone who wants to be mad all the time? Now, it's hard to look at somebody that's smiling and ask them, do you want to be mad all the time? I was with someone this week, and they were talking to me about their father, how that their father was a person that was angry all the time. Continuously angry. Anger was what motivated the man. It's challenging. It's challenging to consider the fact that our anger has an influence. Our anger has an influence. If we're not careful, if we're motivated by anger, you talked today about correction, excellent study today. If you weren't here, you ought to get online and listen to it. An excellent study today about correction. I've found that correction does not mix well with anger. How many of you have experienced that correction does not mix well with anger? You get aggravated, you get upset. It's not the best time to address it. I've, I've dealt with that on numerous occasions and haven't always been as successful as I would have liked to have been. There, there was something about this person's conversation as he was beginning to express how that his father was an angry man and the influence that that anger had upon him and his family. And it wasn't positive. I want to caution you and I, all of us together, to not allow anger to be our motivating factor in our life. It doesn't, it doesn't end well. It doesn't help. I've never seen anybody angry and offer correction or help when it was effective. The motive was impure. So I'm not talking about being someone who's angry all the time. I'm talking about you and I, all of us together, becoming someone who is mad all the time. You say, well, what's the difference in anger and mad? I'll tell you, my version of mad today is someone who's interested in continuously and every opportunity that they get making a difference. It's the acronym, making a difference. I want to be a difference maker. 
I found we were just in conversation this week with, with some and we were talking about how that, that words of affirmation are so important. How many of you are like me? You like for somebody to talk good about you. And then what, what all the liars just kind of give me a nod, you know, because all of us like somebody to talk good about us. We enjoy when people are positive and have positive words. I know it had to make you feel good whenever I was not good enough because I still haven't got those baked beans, but I, I know that it had to make you feel good when I was talking about those baked beans. That motive was impure, I'm just saying. It feels good when somebody has something good to say. And you know, whenever... There, there, are, there are times that when somebody, you're having a difficult day, you're, you're having a down day, and then somebody says something good, and then you start feeling better about yourself. That one kind word made a difference. Has anybody been having a bad day, and somebody said something nice, and it turned your day all around? How refreshing is it to see someone who can make a difference by simply making a comment? Just a friendly smile. These little girls made my day today when they ran the aisles. Some of y'all were like, what in the world is going on? I'm like, yeah! Now, that wouldn't have been the song that I'd have ran the aisles on. You know, I was thinking a little more upbeat tempo and they're like, sing Amazing Grace and I want to run the aisle. You know what I'm seeing? That they see there's something about being a worshiper that works. There's something about being a worshiper that works. Watch it. It happens. When we start doing what we're doing, have you noticed the spirit begins to move? It's like we start talking good about God. We start singing good about God. We start telling God about how good he is. And then he comes in and he starts. Has anybody ever been a worshiper? And God changed what's happening, the hell that's happening. He turned a frown upside down. Why? Because when we start worshiping, we start becoming someone that makes a difference. And we create an atmosphere. Kind of like the atmosphere that we're feeling right here and right now that somebody could be having a dark day a difficult day but somebody said something to a savior that said I want to come down and do for you what you need me to because you are a worshiper you see I believe worshipers are people that are mad worshipers are people that are making a difference making a difference. That's why it's so significant and so important for the people that are a part of our praise team and our, our musicians and those that are involved that they are always worshipers. I've seen some people that the only time that they're into it is when they're into it. The only time they do it. You know what? When I go places and people are preaching, I don't just sit there. No, when I go place to Sister McMillan and there's somebody preaching, I want to get up on my feet and clap my hands and say, preach, preacher, I need that. I don't care if it's correction, Chris. I want them to give it what I need. I want them to preach it. I want them to say, hey, I've got somebody that believes that what I'm saying is true. You know why? Because I don't want to just be the one that gets excited when I'm the one giving the word. But I want somebody to know, hey, I'm behind you. I'm preaching. Wait, that's why when these young people are up here on Wednesday night, I show up and I'm the first one to 
say, amen, preach it. Or they teach Bible class. I say, come on, give us a word. I want to be somebody that prays. I want to be somebody. I want what I do to make a difference. Why, when Wednesday night, like I said, these young people, wow. If you're not here on Wednesday nights, you need to be here. It's awesome, especially on the Wednesday night that these youth, they are incredible. They're doing amazing. That's all right. Give them a hand. The last time we had church on Wednesday night, it was a youth service I preached. I want you. And I told these young people how important and how significant they are. We can't reach this community without them. We need them. These are people that make a difference. There are people that I can't reach that you can reach. There are people that I wouldn't even know how to talk to. I don't know the slang. And when I try Cameron, I just look like a fool. You know, that was whatever. And I, I'm not even going to pick something. Bussin', that was bussin'. I don't even really know what that, I thought that's what Brother Marty drove in order to pick up kids. I didn't know it was something new. I don't know anything about it. See, you're laughing not with me. You're laughing at me. I get it. See, You see what I'm saying? I mean, we need one another. Thank God that we are people with different personalities. There are people that will like you that won't like me. There are way too many amens on that statement. <laughs> Got to make a difference with people. You see, there's a hurting, hungry world that's lost and headed to hell. And I preface my remarks by saying, there is a heaven and there is a hell. And I believe that. And because I believe that, I want to be somebody that's making a difference in someone's life. Because there could be somebody that's headed to hell. That if I could have an opportunity to connect with them, that I might be able to convince them that there is a place called heaven. That I want them to spend an eternity with me. That's why when I begin to have an opportunity to be a difference maker I don't want to miss my moment I want to take advantage I want to be like Jesus so that somebody can see Jesus in me help us to be someone who's mad all the time help us to be someone who's mad all the time just like right now I mean I'm having an opportunity Right now, where I could let anger take over and say something, but I'm not because I want to help somebody. You see what I'm saying? Does everybody understand? There are opportunities when you get angry that you have to realize. It's challenging, Elder. You have to realize that in your anger, you can cause someone to miss heaven and go to hell. So you have to not do what you want to do, you have to do what you need to do and what you should do. And that's help people by saying, I'm not going to let anger control me. It's not ironic that I'm preaching this and having to example it at the same time. I don't believe that's an accident. I think that the enemy's like, you're going to preach it, you're going to live it. Guess what, brother? Get ready, brother Kaiser. God love you. Had to talk about how corrections needed and all that. 
going to come. It does it like that. That's how that works. You see, we have to, as Christians, we have to suppress our flesh. Does anybody know why we need to do what the Bible tells us to do? Because the devil knows what the book says. And he's counting on you not knowing. That's why we come to the house of God and we hear the word of God. Because what the devil wants you to do is when you get mad, he wants you to say things and do things that are potentially irreparable in that individual so that they don't come to Christ. You see what I'm saying? It's in us. It's flesh. That's why there's this thing called prayer and fasting. Now, I got to tell you, the book of Jude, as I've already mentioned, it's, it's, so, it's so enriching. It's so, it's so full of nuggets of truth. So, if you've never looked at the book of Jude, outside of this morning, let's, let's, let's take some time and look. Jude, he, he it gives his pedigree, who he is, and then he says this. It's, it's so kind. I, I told you, he's so, he's so kind. There's something to be said about being kind. Look at your neighbor and smile and say, be kind. Mercy. Anybody thankful for mercy? Peace. Love. Mercy, peace, love. Now you think about that. When you think mercy, peace, love. Is that what you feel like you're walking out of this sanctuary to? A world that's filled with mercy. Peace and love. I think not. I think that we understand that the world that we live in is not a world that is filled with mercy, peace, and love, but rather the exact opposite. That's why he said, you need an abundant supply. The church needs to be a place where people can come and find mercy, peace, and love. Now understand that it's not, this has never been intended, and it's part of the part of the study that I just, that I just read through. It's never been intended for us to say, oh, this grace, I'm just gonna do whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want, and be fine. That's not what, that's not what he's saying. Understand that there is a price to be paid for the absence of following after the things of God. Just as I mentioned, I want everybody to go to heaven. I don't want anybody to go to hell. But because I want that doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. So understand that there there are ramifications. But what we find in the house of God is it should never be a place where somebody, and I, I trust that you sense that this isn't a message, nor is this a place. I can tell you, I've been here almost 20 years, and I don't ever remember getting up behind this pulpit and preaching, you no good, dirty, rotten sinners, you're going to hell. Those of you that have been with me this entire ride, you know I don't get up here on Sunday and preach, you're horrible, God's good, get right or get left. That feels kind of weird just saying it. I mean, it rhymed kind of a little bit, had a little good flow to it, but it wasn't what I believed. I believe that this needs to be a place, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad I am, no matter how difficult my day has been, that I can walk in and understand that this is a place where we preach mercy, we preach peace, we preach love, we preach God's grace, and there's still hope for you. There's still help for you. You don't have to go to hell. If you go to hell, you're going to go to hell with me screaming, please don't go that way. Whatever you do, don't keep going that direction. Please come back. Please come back. We want you to come back. I want everybody to know there's nobody that's left that we don't want them to come back because we want everybody.
We want everybody to feel peace, love, the mercy of God. Grace is unmerited favor and it's available to everybody. So how is that going to happen, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked because here's what I find Jude saying. I'm going to give you all of this and then I'm going to be nice and call you beloved again. When I gave you this writing, it was needful for me to write this to you. And exhort, implore, strongly encourage that you earnestly, that you earnestly contend. It's a fight. I want to tell everybody here today that when you get the faith, it's not something that you just go put in a safe and it's safe. When you get the faith, it's a fight to keep the faith. When you get the faith, it's a fight to keep the faith. Say, Pastor, this is the best crowd we had, and I don't know when, and you got to preach like this. Yes, I do, because I don't want anybody coming in thinking that we're selling pie in the sky, and when you get the Holy Ghost, it's cloud nine, and you just sail on up into heaven. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm preaching that you don't get good to get God. You get God, and then it's hard to be good with God. But we have to see that when we get a hold of this faith, how precious. Is there anybody that understands how precious this faith is that we have? This wonderful word that we have. This doctrine that we have. That we are Pentecostal. Not because the sign says it. But because we have experienced what Pentecostals have experienced. And it is a precious commodity, the faith that we have and so I want to hold on and when the devil comes and tries to steal it away I'm going to say, I've got the faith and you can't have it, I'm going to fight I'm going to contend, I'm going to do what I got to do, I'm going to go to prayer meeting I'm going to fast, I'm going to be at church every time the doors are open, why? Because I have something so precious It's better than a Black Friday deal How's customer service treat you when you get that piece of equipment home and it doesn't work? Well, you get what you pay for. Here, you have to fight. You have to fight. But it's worth contending. He said earnestly. Earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Earnestly contend. Earnestly contend. Doesn't sound like something that's easy. Sounds like something that's challenging. And if I haven't made it difficult enough, let me just tell you that as the days progress, it's not going to get easier. It's going to become more difficult. I want to just tell you this. Growing up when I was a young person, it was pretty easy to be evil. There were things that were provided to us as young people that made it easy to be evil. If you wanted to be evil, you could be evil and the preacher, the pastor, wouldn't even know about it. There were ways to do it that he wouldn't even, you didn't have to come and be loud and proud and loud. You could, you could be evil and it was easy. The sad truth of the matter is this. It's easier now to be evil than it's ever been. 
I remember, don't, you know, get caught off guard. I remember when preachers, pastors used to get up and preach against television, having a box in your home. I remember that. Now you bring that with you every Sunday. Brother Marty, right now, as sad as it is, I could go right there on that computer. I don't know a lot about it, I'm just being honest, but I suggest that there's a possibility to go. As a matter of fact, there are possibilities that are created even when I don't want them. Things pop up and I'm like, I don't want to mess with any of that stuff. I'm looking for a gun. I'm looking for a fishing pole. I'm looking for something to go hunting and fishing. I don't. It's easier to be evil than it's ever been. Right now in the middle of this service, Brother Johnson could just click, click, and there could be something horrific, not Jude 1-3 on the screen. Families, understand what I'm telling you right now. Do you know how easy it is for your kids to be evil? You can try. You can set up all of the things that you want to and try to protect your family. And I believe as parents and grandparents, we need to do more to try to protect our kids. There's not a more precious commodity than our children. And we need to do what we can. But I'm telling you that even though we do everything that we can to protect them, the adversary is working overtime to destroy them. If you think the devil likes your kids, you're a fool, friend, because he is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And there is no age limit. I'm going to say that again. There is no age limit with the devil. He doesn't say, oh, they're young, leave them alone. That's why. That's why, Amos, when these girls ran the aisle, I'm like, whoo, thank God, because we got some girls that are running the aisles instead of you fill in the blank. Oh, that age? You better believe it and more. You see, I'm not trying to darken the day. It's dark enough outside, but I want you to have an understanding of what we're up against. You think it's going to get easier, friend? You are foolish to believe that this world's going to get better. I want to tell you, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. And I cannot, as a pastor, sit idly by while the adversary comes in and tries to snipe. I've seen him do it. I've watched him. I've seen it even in this service today. He's doing his best to distract and detour because he knows what I'm preaching right now is the only thing that's going to save them from hell. The sad truth of it is I'm not just preaching to young people. It's mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. Earnestly contend. Look at your neighbor and say it's a fight. You see, we can come and we will sing Christmas carols. We might even sing, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. What in the world? How did that ever become a Christmas song? Silent night, holy night. We can have a wonderful time, and I think we should. These kids are going to have a play, and it's going to be great. We're going to have a wonderful time. But I want us not to miss the reason for the season is a Savior who died the death of the cross for you. And when you get that faith, you need to hold on to it better than an Xbox or better than whatever the latest toy is that you're getting. You need to say, I have the most precious commodity, and I'm going to fight. Devil, you can't come in this house and steal my kid. Devil, you can't walk through that door and take away my family. I'm going to stand, and I'm going to fight, and I'm going to do what I've got to do to earnestly contend for the faith. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a fight. So, I told you that, you know, I'm getting into, 
I, I enjoy hunting. Tony, you know, Trip takes me out there turkey hunting sometimes. And Trip just like two steps, he's in the bottom of a creek. Three steps, he's at the top of a hill. And I look up at that hill, and I see Trip up there. I'm like, Trip. That's five steps and I'm out of breath. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm not as young as I used to be. This stuff is for the young. I want to tell somebody something. This fight, this fight is for people who are fit. Boy, it got quiet there, didn't it? Thanksgiving just passed and Christmas is on its way. There's baked beans and casseroles and turkey and dressing. And man, anybody hungry, you know what I'm saying? But I want to tell you something, Elder. This fight's for the fit. I'm not talking about the size of your waistline now. I'm talking about your spiritual life. Because you think it's hard to lose weight? It's harder to live and overcoming life for God because it takes discipline. Nobody likes what I'm preaching now. I understand that. When my, when my doctor looks at me and says, you need to lose so many pounds, I'm not telling you how many he said. You know what? I got mad. M-A-D mad. Angry. I didn't like it when he talked to me like that. Who's he think he is talking? I paid him a lot of money to talk to me like that. And yet, and yet, I know what he's saying is true. I know what he's saying is true. And that makes it even tougher. I'm going to tell you something. You know what I'm saying is true. That's what makes it tougher. Because in order for us to contend for the faith, in order for us to contend for the faith, we got to be fit. we got to have the whole armor of God. we got to be ready to fight. Goliath ain't no problem for a David who said, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I want to tell some of you, you've been fighting that battle the wrong way. You need to take, you need to take a look at the book and say, I need to do what the book tells me to do. I got to hurry. There's the last days that are upon us and they're evil. He said, but beloved, he's so kind. Remember you the words, remember what I preached to you? How that there will be mockers in the last time. I want everybody to understand. I want you young people to understand. Not everybody's going to think what you're doing is cool. But who cares if it's cool? Because if you don't, it's going to be hot. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm going to say that again. I don't care. I don't care if people think this is cool. I'm not doing this because it's cool. I'm doing it because I want to go to heaven and I don't want to go to hell. You can say whatever you want about, oh, I just want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I've had people tell me to go there before. I don't want to. I'm telling you the truth. Probably had something to do with my driving, Brother Kaiser, but other than that, you know. I don't want to go to hell. I can make light and make a joke about it because I want to mix in a little humor here because when you really consider what hell is, it's a place that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, let alone someone that I love. 
got to be fit to fight. Here's what he says, building up. Anybody ever seen those people that go to the gym, man, and they're in their, I'm not even going to example what they do. I messed that up. You know what they're doing? They're trying to build up some muscle. They're trying to build up something. You know why? Because when there's a fight, the more you have of this, the better chance you have of winning. So they're trying to build up, bulk up. He said, beloved, you sweet, kind people, build up yourself. He's so sweet and so nice, and yet he's like, build up yourself. He gets in your face and says, pray in the Holy Ghost. This is not a now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Yada, yada, yada. No! You pray that prayer, no offense, but I want you to know. He wants you to pray in the Holy Ghost. He wants you to become comfortable in prayer. Anybody ever had somebody that was really hard to talk to? You're like, I was going to say something really hard to talk to. He's not. Try him out. Try him out. Talk to him. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Get lost in prayer. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to pray. Say it with a smile. They like it better. Okay. Then he says this. Keep yourselves in the love of God. You got to stay in the love of God. We have to be a church that is filled with love. Do you hear what I'm saying? I know I'm taking a lot of time. I don't even apologize because it's so important. We are so close to the coming of the Lord. He is coming back very, very soon. And when he comes back, he's taking people to heaven and he's sending people to hell. And so every Sunday that I have an opportunity, I've got to contend and fight and say, I want to save you from going to hell. I want you to go to heaven. So I'm preaching as passionately as I possibly can. Please do what you've got to do in order to be right so you don't Don't get left. And so I'm closing. The musicians can come. It gives people hope. I know, dear. I feel the same way sometimes. Stay in love with Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus. There's no way... That you could not love him when you consider the mercy, the mercy that he has. And then as I close, consider this. As I get to verse 22, if you would please, Brother Johnson, verse 22 on the screen. In a short book, a one chapter 25 verse book. The shortest verse in that book, much shorter than the sermon that I preached on this Sunday, says... And of some have compassion. I preached as passionately as I possibly could on this Sunday morning. And my desire is that somehow something that I've said will cause you to have compassion. Don't be angry. Don't let flesh rule the day. But let love, mercy, and peace make you someone. I'm talking to you now. Make you someone who is always making a difference.
I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to help somebody right now. I want everybody to know in this house that I need you to help get them to Him. Wow, great looking group. I'm telling you, I, I don't remember the last time I saw a Sunday look as good as this Sunday does. And yet, there are literally hundreds of people that are out there. God give me, God give you compassion, a love for the lost. While we sit in a sanctuary on a Sunday and celebrate a Savior that's taking us to heaven, that same Savior will say, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. You say, He won't say it. His word says He will, so He will. So today, it's incumbent upon this pastor to preach to you that you must be someone. Who is M-A-D all the time. Making a difference. How do you make a difference? You show people love. You show people mercy. You show people peace. They come in contact with you and they know that something's different. They sense it. They see it. And they want it. You can be someone who's mad. Making a difference all the time. As I close, I close with a somber scripture. It's the one that follows the one that I just preached to you and others. Save with fear. Save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. That would mean to me one of two things. They either don't want out of the fire, which I cannot imagine. Or they can't get out of the fire themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? Two kind of people. Either they don't want out of the fire, which I cannot comprehend. Or they can't, which I believe describes the majority. Describes the majority of people that you lifted your hand earlier in the service and said, I love them, but they're lost. Now I pray that what I'm preaching is compelling enough to cause you to have an understanding that you must be someone who is mad all the time because if you're not we are not doing what he's asked us to do that is to have compassion on the lost and to love people enough to lead them to a savior now unto him verse 24 now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy I celebrate today because there are many that are in this sanctuary that will see the significance of this sermon, will act upon that understanding. We will reap a result or a reward, so to speak, of people that are lost being found because of you. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed, please. Everyone that is in the sanctuary, if you will bow your heads and close your eyes. I wonder if there might be someone that will lift their hand and say, Pastor, I want to be someone who is mad, M-A-D, making a difference all the time. If that describes you, I want you to lift your hand. God bless that hand and that hand and multiple hands are being raised. I pray that every person in this place would consider that. And with that consideration, with that declaration, as we prepare for a baptism, here's what I want you to do today. I want everybody that's in this house that will consider becoming someone who is mad all the time. 
to walk from where you are to the front of this building and sign a deal with the Savior today that says, I'm going to be willing to do whatever I have to do to lead them to you. I'm going to be willing to do whatever I have to do to lead them back to you. I want to do what I can do to make a difference. Some we may have to pull from the very fire. That means we'll have to be risky enough to go where the fire blazes and pull them. But it's worth the life of the losses. There's somebody that says, I want to be someone who is mad all the time. These altars are open for people who want a Savior that will save. Someone that wants to come and be filled with this Spirit. That's for you too. And you can become someone who's mad all the time. Help us today as they sing, would you pray? As they sing, would you pray? Whoever you are, wherever you are, you can make a difference. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you can make a difference. Help us to make a difference all the time. There's a world that's lost. They're waiting on you. They need you. you in the middle of the hardest.